In the first episode, we witnessed Roar practicing his buzzwords. Buzzy words. HDR, UHD, HEVC, AV1. In this episode, Dror and I get in the middle of a three against one standoff over the question of whether AV1 is more efficient than HEVC. But you'll have to keep listening to see if anyone was able to walk away. The Video Insiders is the show that makes sense of all that is happening in the world of online video. As seen through the eyes of a second generation Kodak nerd and a marketing guy who knows what iframes and macro blocks are. And here are your hosts, Mark Donegan and Dror Gill. Well, hi, everyone. I am Mark Donegan, and I want to welcome you to episode two of the Video Insiders. And uh, I'm Dror Gill. Hi there. In every episode of the Video Insiders, we bring the latest inside information about what's happening in the video technology industry, from encoding to packaging to delivery and playback, and even the business behind the video business. Every aspect of the video industry is covered in detail on the Video Insiders podcast. Oh yeah, we sure do cover everything from pixels to blocks, to macro blocks, to frames, to sequences. We go all the way up and down the video delivery chain and highlight the most important things you should know before you send any video bits over the wire. So the last time uh, in our first episode, we talked about a very hot topic, which um, kind of asked, hasn't this kind of been like worn out, the whole HEVC AV1 discussion? But I, I think we, um, you know, it, it was very interesting. I sure enjoyed the talk. What about you, Dror? Yeah, 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 I sure did. It, it, it was great. Uh Talking about, uh, you know, the two leading codecs. I don't want to say the word the codec war, but uh, no. No, no, we don't, we, we don't believe no, in codec. No. We believe in codec yeah, peace. That's true. Why is it so complicated to compare video codecs? Um, you know, why can't it be as simple as, you know, fuel economy of cars? You know, this one gets 20 miles per gallon and this other one gets 30. And then I make a decision based on that. Yeah, I wish it was that simple with, with video codecs, you know. In, in video compression, you, you have so many parameters to consider, you know, you have the encoding tools. In each codec, those tools are grouped into what's called profiles and levels, or as uh, AV1 calls them, experiments. Experiments, hmm. Yeah. Um, when you compare the codecs, which profiles and levels do you use? What rate control method? Which specific parameters do you set for each codec? And each codec can have hundreds and hundreds of parameters. And then there's the question of implementation. Which software implementation of the codec do you use? Some implementations are reference implementations that are used for research, and others are, you know, highly performance-optimized commercial implementations. So which one do you select for the test? And then which operating system, what hardware do you run on? And, and obviously, what test content because encoding uh, uh, two people talking or encoding you know an action scene for a movie is completely different and then finally when you come to uh, evaluate your video what quality measure do, do you use there are very subjective quality measures and uh, some people use actual human viewers and uh, they assess the subjective quality of the video so on that front also you know there are many and many uh, uh, possibilities that you need to choose from yeah so many so many questions and uh, you know 
know, no wonder the answers are not so clear. Uh, but, you know, I, I was quite surprised when I recently read three different technical articles published at IBC, actually, it, it effectively comparing AV1 versus HEVC. And I, I can assume that each of the authors, you know, they did their research independently. But what was surprising was they came to the exact same conclusion. Uh, AV1 has the same compression efficiency as HEVC. And uh, this is surprising because there's some other studies or one in particular, I think we'll talk about out there that, you know, says the contrary. So can you explain what this means exactly, Jordan? Uh, by saying that they have the same compression efficiency, this means that they can reach the same quality at the same bitrate or the other way around. You need the same bitrate to reach that same quality. So if you need, for example, two and a half megabits per second to encode an HD video file using HEVC at a certain quality, then with AV1, you would need roughly the same bitrate to reach that same quality. And uh, this means that AV1 and HEVC provide the same compression level. Or in other words, this means that AV1 does not have any technical advantage over HEVC because it has the same compression efficiency. Of course, that's if we put aside all the royalty issues, but we discussed that uh, last time, right? That's right. Yeah. And, you know, the guys who wrote these three papers that I'm referencing are, are really top experts in the field. You know, it's not seminar work uh, done by a student, you know, not to um, uh, downplay, you know, those papers. But the, the point is, these are professionals. One was written by the BBC in cooperation with the Multimedia and Vision Group at the Queen Mary University of London. I think nobody's going to say that the BBC doesn't know a thing or two about, about video. Um, the second was written by Atem and the third by Harmonic, uh, leading vendors. You know, let me, uh, I, I actually pulled out a couple uh, phrases uh, from each um, that I'd like to quote. First, the BBC and Queen Mary University, here was a conclusion that, that they wrote. The results obtained show, in general, a similar performance between AV1 and the reference HEVC software, HM, both objectively and subjectively, which is interesting because they did take the time to both do um, a visual assessment as well as, you know, using a quality measure. Attempts said, results demonstrate AV1 to have equivalent performance to HEVC in terms of both objective and subjective video quality test results. <laughs> like, did these guys copy yeah, very similar. each other? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, I no, mean, no, I'm, qu I'm quoting this drawer. And then here's what Harmonic said. The findings are that AV1 is not more advantageous today than HEVC on the compression side and much more complex to encode than HEVC. So what do you make of this? Well, I don't know. It sounds pretty solid to me. I mean, even two, two, two of those uh, papers um, also uh, analyzed subjective quality. So they used actual human viewers to see, uh, to check out the quality. But Mark, what if I told you that researchers from the University of Klagenfurt in Austria, together with Bitmoven, published a paper which showed completely different results? What would you say about that. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah, last month in Athens, I was at the ICIP conference, that's the IEEE International Conference on Image Compression, on Image Processing, actually. And uh, there was uh, this paper presented by this uh, university in Austria with Bitmovin. And their conclusion was, let me quote, 
When using weighted PSNR, AV1 performs consistently better for BD rate compared to AVC, HEVC, and VP9. So they claim AV1 is better than three codecs, but specifically it's better than HEVC. And then they have a table in their article that compares AV1 to HEVC for six different video clips. And the table shows that with AV1, you get up to 25% lower bitrate at the same quality than HEVC. You know, I was sitting there in Athens last month when they presented this, I'm and, sure. and I was shocked, you know, because yeah. I read the same articles as you <laughs> saying that they're saying, well, so... I mean, <laughs> what are the chances that three independent papers are wrong and only this paper got it right? And by the way, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the point here is not, you know, three against one, um, because, you know, presumably there's some other papers, I, I'm guessing, or other research floating around that might side with Bitmovement. But but the point is this. The point is that three companies who no one is going to say that that any of them are not experts uh, and, and are not highly qualified to do a video assessment came up with such a you know such a different uh, result so so tell us uh, <laughs> tell us what you think is going on here so so I, I was thinking the same same thing I mean I, I, how can that be so during the presentation I asked uh, one of the authors who presented the paper a few questions and it turned out that they made some very questionable decisions in all of those that uh, sea of possibilities that I talked about before um, mm, that's right know, decisions related to coding tools codec parameters and quality measures. First of all, um, in this paper, they didn't show any results of subjective viewing, only the computed objective metrics. Now, we all know what that you should always trust your own eyes, right? So uh, objective right. metrics, nice numbers, but obviously, uh, you, you need to view the video because that's how the actual viewers are going to assess the quality. The second thing is that they only used a single objective metric, and this was PSNR. Now, PSNR is short for peak signal-to-noise ratio. And basically, this measure is a weighted average of simply the difference in pics in, uh, between pixel values of the two images. Now, everybody in the industry, right, we're video insiders, but even if you're not an insider, you know that PSNR is not a very good quality measure because it doesn't correlate very well uh, with human vision. But this is the measure that they chose uh, to look at. But what was most surprising is, is the third point that there is a flag in the HEVC open source encoder, which they use, that tunes the result to improve PSNR. And what it does, it turns off some psychovisual optimizations, which make the video look better, but reduce the PSNR. And that's turned on by default. So you would expect that if they're measuring PSNR, they would turn that flag on so uh, you would get higher PSNR. Well, they didn't. They didn't turn the flag on. Amazing. Yeah, if Amazing. Both if you're measuring PSNR. And finally, even though AV1 is much slower than HEVC, and, and they also reported in this test that it was much, much slower than HEVC, but still they did not use the, they did not use the slowest encoding setting of HEVC, which would provide the best quality. You know, there's always a trade-off between performance and quality. The more that's right. The, the more tools you uh, employ, the better quality you can squeeze out of the video. Of course, that takes you more CPU cycles. But they used for HEVC the third slowest settings, which means this is the third best quality you can get with that codec and not the very best quality. And, you know, when you look at it, when you handicap an HEVC encoder in this way, it's not surprising that you get such poor results. So 
I think based on all of these points, uh, everybody can understand why the results of this comparison were quite different than all of the other comparison that were published you know, a month earlier at IBC. Yeah, it's interesting. Another critical uh, topic that, that we have to cover is, is performance. If you measure the CPU performance or encoding time of AV1, uh, I, I believe that it's pretty universally understood that you're going to find it currently is 100 times slower than HEVC. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. You know, typically you measure the performance of an encoder in FPS, which is frame per second. For HEVC, uh, it's common to measure in FPM, which is frames per minute. Frames per minute. Frames per hour. FPH. Yeah. Like a, year, a year and a half ago or a year ago when there were very initial implementation, it was really FPD or FPH, frames per hour or per day. And you really needed to have a lot of patience. But now after they've done some work, it's it's only a hundred times slower than HEVC. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty good. They're getting there. But um, uh, some people, you know, say that uh, the open source implementation of AV1, I believe that's uh, what AOM ENC. Yeah, yeah, AOM um, Inc. That that's the important. Yeah, Inc. Exactly has not been optimized for performance at all. And and so there, you know, though of course, you know, uh, the the one thing I like about speed is speed is speed. Either your encoder produces. X number of frames per second or per minute, or it doesn't, you know, it's really simple. But if you look at the code, so, so here's, here's my next question for you uh, is proponents of AB1 are saying, well, you know, it's true, it's slow, but, but it hasn't been optimized. The open source implementation, which is to imply that, you know, there's a lot of room that we're just getting started. Don't worry, we'll close the gap. But, you know, if you look at the code and by the way, you know, I may be a marketing guy, but you know, I'm my formal education is computer science. So, so I, I know just a little bit about some of this stuff. You can see it. It already includes performance optimizations. I mean, SIMD optimizations like MMX, SSE, there's AVX instructions, there's CPU optimization, there's multi-threading. It seems like they're already trying to make this thing go faster. So how are they going to close this 100x gap? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they can. I mean, 100x, that, that that's a lot. <laughs> and, and you know, um, uh, even the AV1 guys, they even admit that they won't be able to close the gap. I mean, I, I talked to a few senior people uh, who are involved in the Alliance of Open Media, and even they told me that they expect AV1 to be five to ten times more complex than HEVC at the end of the road. In two to three years, after all optimizations are done, it's still going to be uh, more complex than uh, HEVC. Now, if you ask me why it is so complex... I'll tell you my opinion, okay? This is my personal opinion. I think it's because they invested a lot of effort in sidestepping the patents. You know, they Ah, uh, good point. You know, they need I to agree. get that compression efficiency which is the same as HEVC, but uh they need to use algorithms that are not patented. So, they have methods that use much more CPU resources than the original patent algorithms to reach uh, the same results. You can call it, you know, kind of a brute force implementation of the same thing uh, to avoid the patent issues. That, that's my personal opinion. But the end result, I think it, it's clear. It's going to be five to 10 times slower than HEVC. It has the same compression efficiency. So I think it's, it's quite, uh, quite questionable, you know, this, this whole notion of, of using AV1 uh, to, to, to get better results. Yeah, absolutely. So if you can encode you know, let's just say on a single computer with HEVC, 
a full stack, a full ABR stack, which is what people want to do. But, you know, for, you know, here we're talking speeds that are so slow. Let's, let's just try and do one stream. <laughs> um, you would need yeah. literally what you're saying is you would need five to 10 computers to do the same encode with AV1. I wonder who would, I, I mean, that's just not feasible. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why, why would you invest so much in coding into getting the same results? And if you look at another aspect of this, I mean, let's talk about hardware and code. Companies that have large data centers, companies that are encoding a vast amount of video content are now looking into moving from the traditional software encoding on CPUs and GPUs to dedicated hardware. So we're hearing talks about FPGAs, even ASICs. So, but by the way, this is a very interesting trend in itself. We'll probably cover it in one of the next episodes. But, but in the context of AV1, imagine a chip that is five to 10 times larger than an HEVC chip uh, and reaches yeah. the same complexity efficiency. So the question I ask again is, is why? Why would anybody design such a chip and why would anybody use it when HEVC is available today? It's much easier to encode. Royalty issues have been practically solved. So, you know. Yeah, it's a big mystery. For 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 sure. One one thing I can say is a AV1 uh, and Alliance for Open Media has done a great service to HEVC by pushing the patent holders to finalize their licensing terms and you know ultimately make them much more rational, shall we say? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so so let me let me say that um, you know as we are an HEVC vendor and speaking on behalf of others, uh, we are forever thankful to the Alliance of Open Media. Yeah yeah, definitely. Without the push from AOM and the development of AV1, we would be stuck with HEVC royalty issue yeah. uh, until uh, this day. Uh, that was not a pretty <laughs> but, uh, situation a few years back. Wow. <laughs> no, no. But as we said in the last episode, we have a happy ending and now That's right. billions of devices support HEVC and uh, and world issues are pretty much solved. So so that's great. So I think uh, uh, we've covered HEVC and AV1 pretty thoroughly in two episodes, but what about the other codecs? You know, there's VP9, you could call that the predecessor of AV1. And then there's VVC, which is the success the successor of HEVC. That's right. It's the next codec developed by uh, the input committee. So, uh, okay, VP9 and VVC, I guess... Uh, we have a topic for our next episode, right? It's going to be awesome. Thank you for listening to the Video Insiders Podcast, a production of Beamer Limited. To begin using Beamer's Codex today, go to beamer.com forward slash free to receive up to 100 hours of no-cost HEVC and H.264 transcoding every month.